You're listening to the Empowered Divorce Podcast, where women support women who have experienced betrayal trauma and abuse and are now facing divorce. Here, you'll learn tools and concepts to help guide your journey from a place of empowerment by trusting yourself and becoming the chooser in your life. I'm your host, Amy Woolsey. Thanks for joining. Hello, my amazing, beautiful listeners. I have a really important message that I want to share with you as you are wrapping up the year. Perhaps this was the year from hell or a continuum of the hellacious previous year. I'm hopeful this message will get you thinking more about what you can choose to do about that as you move forward. Many of my clients have left their marriages because it was no longer a safe relationship or environment for them to grow, to thrive, and for many, to just merely exist it. Therefore, it wasn't totally safe for the kids as well, because a mother who can't grow and thrive and just exist can't really be the mom that she desires to be. Now, many of these clients are out of the marriage and finding their space is still stressful and they're not feeling the healing that they wanted due to a lot of other obstacles like the financial strain, the conflicts with the ex around parallel parenting, emotional aftermath of divorce for them and the children. And just the natural adjustment period that happens after a big change like that. A lot of that just comes with the territory of this kind of experience. And sometimes it's really hard to pull out of it. And you have kids that are trying to regain trust in themselves and in parents. Which parent do I believe? I thought everything was fine. Why did this even happen? My poor kids. And they had no idea the level of discord that was happening because I kept everything very hidden. Give me flip the hell out of them. Nope, I'm fine. Nope, dad's not mad. The hole in the wall, ah, that was just an accident. Huh. Oh, yeah, dad broke his hand. How you ask? Oh, funny story about that that I made up. So yeah, kids are trying to trust again too. So now that you're out of that environment, you as the creator of your home, I want to offer you the idea of creating a healing home. Not a healed home, not a perfect home, not a home that's better than you know who's, but a home where healing happens, where real happens, and where everyone is safe to feel all of it. In the APSATS multidimensional partner trauma model that I was trained in, The healing journey is in three pillars. The first pillar is safety and stabilization. Without safety, physically, spiritually, emotionally, etc., without emotional stabilization, where you are living in fight, flight, freeze, or the anticipation of trauma in your own environment, you can't have what's in that third pillar, which is the healthy connection that's created creating a new relationship. And I will include the new relationship with yourself. This is where a lot of women who have been through betrayal trauma and then divorce can sometimes repeat the unhealthy patterns of behaviors when the steps to heal have not been taken. So we always start with that safety. Many of you have found a sense of safety as you are not living in the same space as your partner anymore. For those still in the same space, you can find ways through boundaries to create that safety 
but it will not be sustainable. And a lot more energy is needed to hold the boundary in that environment. Not impossible, just not sustainable long-term before you really start losing yourself and it impacts you chronically. Believe me, I know. The same goes for the kids. They too need safety and stabilization in order to thrive. This is why many times I'll get clients, men and women alike, who are trying to keep their kids from being impacted by divorce. So they're staying in the unhealthy and abusive relationship when they don't realize that they are not only teaching by example that what's unhealthy and abusive is endurable, but when their system is not stable, when your system is not stable, neither is theirs. This is not to make anyone listening feel guilty by any means. It's just the human reality of attachment. We experience what we see. Safety within your system gives their system an opportunity to feel safe. Now, please, please hear what I say next. Safety, emotional stabilization, does not mean you don't feel negative emotion. It does not mean void of anger, hurt, sadness, grief, depression. Okay? It means that we can feel those sensations in our body freely without shame, judgment, retaliation, weaponization, minimization, manipulation, just to name a few. It means that we are not avoiding reacting or resisting because that's what you have to do in order to survive. If you feel authentic feelings, you perhaps are made out to be a basket case or an angry bitch or someone who is so depressed, how can anybody live with that? So just snap out of it, right? Don't really be you because it makes other people miserable. That's not safe. Not safe to feel, not safe to heal, not safe to just be. I had a client one time, actually, I get this question a lot, but she asked me what it's like to be married to someone now where there is that secure attachment, where it's a healthier relationship. And I said, well, I don't know. I guess I can just be like, I just exist. I don't like have to do anything or be anything. I don't have to try hard, <laughs> like be something in order to make him happy because I'm not responsible for his happy. He is. I don't have to change me to make him satisfied or feel love. That's not my job. That's his. I don't, I don't have to change how I feel before he comes home. Um, I don't have to say yes. Well, I mean, no, I just get to be. And she started sobbing. And I understand why. Because every time I say it out loud, I am reminded and how this still feels unreal sometimes, even after all these years. Because the reality of the unhealthy and abusive behaviors in the previous marriage was all I knew. I knew it wasn't safe to feel things about him that he didn't like. I knew it wasn't safe to say no. I knew it wasn't safe to have a different opinion when he didn't like it. I knew it wasn't safe to speak up and out about what he was doing that didn't, I didn't like or didn't feel good about or what he was doing behind my back. My message today is to encourage you to create a healing home. What is a healing home? Well, that's what I'm offering you today to get curious about for yourself. I'm just going to offer you some thoughts to consider, but ultimately, trust your gut, trust your intuition, 
you know better than anybody what you and your children need in your healing home. One of the biggest things you can give your kids is a home that feels safe, safe to feel and just be. Now, before I go into these concepts, I just want to address something that inevitably comes up in every group and just about every session I have with clients. But what about his home? How many of your brains just went from my healing home? No, what about his? How can I get, how can I make sure that his home is a healing home? I can be able, I might be able to do this for me, but what about him? What about the safety and support in your ex's home when he has the kids? Big, big, deep breath right now and release. Come on, you breath holders out there. Take a deep breath. We are practicing to have an empowered divorce, which means we breathe out what we cannot control. And you cannot control his home. Outside of reportable behaviors to CPS or authorities, you cannot control what happens. And all the effing seals on this, I am right there with you. The exposure, the feelings, the yelling, manipulation, lies, emotional abuse, the lack of boundaries, rules, teaching, attention, nutrition, homework, hygiene, these things that you are lying awake at night, seething over. I get it. When my kids and I moved into our apartment, I was so determined to make this space a safe space, a healing space, because I could not control what happened when they were with him. So I thought I'm bound and determined to to do what I can control. And that is I can control this environment. So the moment they pass that threshold, they will feel different. They will physiologically feel the impact of a different space. There was so much chaos happening outside the home. The kids felt pulled between two parents and not sure who to believe, who to trust at that point. They're feeling so many emotions, new space, new school, new people, new friends, new church, all the things. And I couldn't control what was happening in the other parent's space. I couldn't control how they were feeling at school, whether or not they were feeling safe with friends, whether or not they were making friends. Couldn't control that. I tried my best to control the space and provide a way for my kids to feel safe with all of those big, beautiful emotions when they were home. So what does a a healing home look like? Again, here are just some key components to consider. The first one I already mentioned and is the first one that I'm going to focus on over all others, and that is creating a stable and predictable environment, not just for your children, but for you as well. You need that to heal. This is going to provide that safety that is also needed to heal. We want to keep things as consistent and steady and predictable. We want them to know what they can expect when they're in this environment. When I got remarried and had three little people who were in the very beginning of this transition, and they were still trying to navigate the back and the forward from one parent house to another. So for them, it was really helpful to have a calendar where they could go and look and they would, they'd walk up to that bridge all the time and just look and see what days dad will pick them up, where they have mom's time, dad's time. They needed to know that whole month what to expect. That helped them feel that sense of stability and predictability in their life. So we want to, number one, establish rules and consistent rules. This plays into that predictability and stability. This helps kids feel secure and understood when they know what to expect, which is often why I suggest 
sticking to the parenting plan like glue, especially for those who are having that parallel parenting, not co-parenting. Kids need stability in the schedule. And you can tell them the court's decided, so we're sticking to this. Also, the rules in your home may very well be different from the rules in the other parent's home. You don't have control in the other parent's home. So creating a healing home is creating stability in the rules and boundaries in your home. Rules that create that predictability, not control. So things like we only play video games on these days. And then you stick to that rule so that they know what to expect to be able to predict. And that helps them prepare to come back to your space. They know when I'm in mom's space, I can predict this and this and this. That creates safety in their central nervous system. When there's rules that are all over the place or routines that are not in place, it adds to that instability when there's already enough of that instability happening in their bodies. Now, <laughs> let perfectionist or comparison or self-judgment part that might have just shown up know that we are just practicing here. And of course, there will be an ebb and a flow to all of these, right? This is where I just had to be authentic and vulnerable with the kids. It was like, you know what? I thought that playing video games these particular days was going to be okay. Now I'm realizing that I need to adjust that. And so this is now what I feel is, is the healthiest. Like you get to do that. <laughs> I think it's just a matter of communicating it to them, letting them know, yeah, this is why I'm changing my mind. It's not because I'm trying to make your life difficult. But this is just what I'm seeing and what I think is going to be best for this home. And ultimately, support you in the best way that I feel is good right now. And you don't have to agree with that. And you can have all the feelings that you want about that. This is what we're going to do. So we don't need to be perfect. We're allowed to change our minds. We just want to communicate and be authentic and real about that process. Which leads to the next one, open communication. Because we want to encourage open and honest communication. I don't know about you, but that was something that that wasn't safe to do in the previous home. I hear a lot of moms asking what's okay to tell my kids about their dad, what's not. When they do ask questions, do I answer? How do I answer? And look, I believe that what kids are really asking isn't really what they're wanting to know. Meaning they may ask, what did dad do to make you leave or to cause the divorce? What happened to cause the divorce? What they might really be wanting to know is, what do I need to not do so that you don't leave me? Making it safe for them to communicate what they really think is creating a healing home. It looks like over-communicating in some ways. Kids are going to respond to the divorce with abandonment parts, freaking out. So you leaving for the store might set them off. Will mom come back? Will I be abandoned? Now this might not outwardly be communicated, but notice their reactions and behaviors and what is that communicating. And then ask them. Get curious. Be their coach. Ask questions. This might mean for a while you say, hey, I'm going to the store at this location and then the gas station at this location and I anticipate being home around this time. Call me if you need me. If you know your children need that sense of safety, to know where you're at because they might be feeling the sense of abandonment, then this is something that you can give them in your healing home. Being open and honest in a healing home doesn't mean you have to spill all the details about their father's behaviors, but open and honest with your feelings, with your values, 
with what's okay and what's not okay with you in a marriage. Lastly, being open and honest with how you are feeling. If you're crying, sad, hurt, and your child asks you if you're okay, be open and honest. Don't gaslight your kid. Learn from my mistake. Remember, they're most likely not asking, hey, mom, are you okay? How can I help you right now and support you in your time of need? Hey, please tell me all the things, mom. No, but they're most likely often really seeking in safety. Mom, are you okay? Because if you're not okay, then maybe I won't be okay. And when you say you're okay and you're not, then they learn to doubt their inner knowing and senses. Again, please, please, please leave judgment and shame and guilt at the door here, right? I get it. If you've shown up this way, the power is in the repair, y'all. I promise, I promise. These parts don't need to come in and rescue. You are doing what you know. You're doing your best to survive hell and raise kids. There is no perfect. Once we know different, we practice differently. This leads to the next element of creating a healing home, and that's emotional support. So being emotionally available and responsive, validating feelings and providing that comfort. This is huge. Just like it's important to be open and honest with your emotions and not saying that you're okay when you're not. I'm feeling sad in my body, but I will be okay. Teaching your kids to make space for them to feel these emotions in their own bodies is essential in a healing home. A healing home is where everyone can feel in their bodies whatever they want. I told my kids, when you walk through that door, whatever you are feeling is safe here. We started naming emotions. We started, I started to help familiarize them with the different emotions rather than just happy, sad, and mad. We had one on the table, one on the fridge, printed out, and we just started naming them. I started there instead of kind of doing more interrogation, but just look at the list. What stands out to you? There's no good, bad, right, or wrong emotion. And you get to feel all of it in your body. The boundary was you can feel all you want, but you may not hurt yourself or others or destroy property without consequence. And then teaching them what it looks like to feel in their body rather than reacting. They would often come home from dads, oftentimes feeling even more confused or activated. And they'd walk back in and it's feelings of anger towards me. And they can feel that in a healing home. It's safe to feel anger, even if it's directed at me for right now, because you probably just got an earful of all the things that I did wrong, right? <gasps> One of my children, I won't call them out, even though I know they probably wouldn't care. But at the time, there was a certain F word that was being used when they felt angry, frustrated, unfair, out of control. And before the divorce, I hated that word. Never used it, never liked it. I've always been like a few word, like hell damn shit, right? <laughs> but not the F word. And that did change. As you all know, that did change. Because when my ex finally did come clean after I filed divorce, after he told me I was absolutely crazy and nothing happened sexually outside the marriage when he, when he admitted to hmm, one of the experiences, was the only word I could think to say over and over and over. <laughs> and it just, you know, I realized that word is very fitting when there are no other words to describe 
what I'm feeling in that circumstance. Anyways, that word was not okay at this particular point. Now, this is just how I did it. So I'm not saying it's the way or the right way. I'm just offering to you what my experience was. But it was the right way for us. I told this particular child that in our home, if using colorful language better helps them to process, express, and feel in their body, then it was safe place in this home to express that. Of course, the boundary was you cannot use any of this language towards another person in this house. But when I gave this child a safe place to express, there was a sense of safety and trust built. They saw that I was holding space for them to just be in those moments, express what they what was very real to them at that time. And to this day, this child will say, okay, I just need a listening ear to express and get it all out and words fly. And then we can move forward. I'm safe for them to just be. That was important to me. And that worked in our home. Again, to each their own, there is no right or wrong way here. The other one is healthy boundaries. When you set and respect healthy boundaries, this teaches the children to have self-respect and self-care. When I was married to my first husband, bedtime was always a fight. He and I fought because there was no sticking to the bedtime routine, no matter how hard I try. Or he'd say he was putting the kids to bed, but really they were just watching shows on his phone and for hours until the kids just ended up falling asleep. But he wasn't the one getting up in the morning with their grumpy bums. <laughs> that was me always. And I try so hard to have those boundaries with kids and knew that they needed the sleep. But if he was home during that time, the routine was just totally off. Kids need boundaries. I saw the result when there wasn't. Kids thrive in them. You thrive in them. We as humans need them for that safety and stabilization. We keep what's in our sphere of, re of control safe. That's our human right. We teach this to our kids in the best way by example. And then we have boundaries with them to show them how boundaries work. I heard Brene Brown talking about uh, one time how to help our kids set and navigate boundaries and why we're not supposed to become their best friends when we're raising them. Anyway, she mentions this, she mentioned this research study she did on high school kids where they were asked about the strictness of their parents. And she watched as it became a battle between the students of whose parents were stricter. And they were having fun with it. And the kids who had really strict parents were more outspoken. They were more involved. Like, you wouldn't believe I had to tell my dad when I was leaving, why I was going, how I was getting there, like all this stuff, right? And they would have this almost like competitive, no, mine was more strict. Mine made me do this, this, this if I was going out. And a few of the kids didn't respond or engage in this portion. And when they were pulled aside after, she asked why they didn't respond, why they didn't engage in that conversation. And their response was that they didn't have any rules, that their parents were just, quote, cool parents and so forth. So her recap of these sessions, which happened twice with two different groups, is the kids are, is that kids are hardwired to push boundaries and it's our jobs that as parents to hold them. And she went on to say that parenting without boundaries, like the kids who didn't have rules, is like sending your kids down a bridge with no handrails. And that boundaries give kids the railings to hold on to and to successfully cross that bridge. 
she actually stopped this study because she also noticed that those kids who didn't have the boundaries, who were allowed to do whatever, whose parents were, quote, cool with it, they actually began to have negative and negative impact as they listened to those with boundaries talk. And she said, ultimately, these kids were realizing that their parents didn't care enough to say no. And so she actually stopped the study. It's okay to say no. It's okay if they push back and have big feelings about it. Setting boundaries in a healing home helps create the safety, the stability that is needed to grow a brain. And that's what you're doing. You're growing brains. I love inviting my kids to do the things with me that I'm learning, that I learned in therapy or through my studies, like self-care. So when you let them know that, hey, after, let's just say 9.30 tonight, obviously the time differs for each of you, but hey, after 9.30, mommy's off limits the rest of the night because I'm doing some self-care. What self-care would you like to do? Or it's not okay with me that you talk to me like that in this healing home. That kind of talk doesn't support safety. I can't speak with you or help you when you talk in that way. The way that you're talking to your sister does not support the safety in our healing home. I sense you're feeling something and it's coming out in a reactive response by yelling at your siblings. And that's not okay in this healing home. That's not okay with me. Do you want to share with me what you're really feeling and see how I might be able to help you? Now, I just want to say a little something about the parenting schedule boundaries. Please, please, please do not let your children be in charge of this legal document. It is important to acknowledge their feelings and validate their thoughts around it. They can think it's not fair. They can think that they don't want to. They don't need to, nor have the brain capacity or maturity on deciding. I had, I had a client who was specifically struggling in this area with her children. They're having a lot of physiological impacts because they were essentially being told that they don't have to go to their other parent's house if they don't want to, or when they did feel big emotions about going to the other parent's house, the parent left the door open to trash talk the other parent as an attempt to validate her child, which only made her child feel more confused, more anxiety, and more torn between both parents. I will tell my clients, you paid good money for that parenting plan, right? that legal boundary, so stick to that because it also helps create the safety for the kids in that stability. It really does take you out of it, takes your ex out of it. This is what the courts decided is the parenting plan for now, and we're going to stick to it. And I will tell you from experience, even when parents can be amicable and they can veer from the schedule, right, without the other weaponizing or taking advantage of the other parent, the confusion for the kids still impacts them in a negative way. They need to know what to expect, especially those few years after divorce, to give them a sense of stability and control in a situation that they have zero control in. This is a really big boundary, and I highly, highly recommend holding to it. And I know that there are situations where this might not apply, especially when active abuse is happening in the children. So again, in those cases, there are other boundaries that need to be implemented. Working with someone who understands that piece can support Okay, next one, quality time. Spending quality time together, it helps engage and foster the bonding and the joy in that healing home. This does not need to cost money or take time. I know 
many of you already have feelings about sharing time with your kids as it is, then if you're working and still doing all the things, it can feel as if there's no time for quality time. I challenge you to think outside the box here. If you have to make dinner, invite one of the kids at a time to help you. Each kid gets a night. If you are doing the laundry, I got to fold all this laundry. Maybe one kid gets to come in your room and sit on the bed and either help you fold or just sit and talk to you while you fold. Maybe they get to put, be put in charge of piles. Again, depends on what age. I still will make my teenage boy come and talk to me while I fold laundry or play the 20 question game. Maybe watch a TV show together while you fold. Be creative. They need you to see them, hear them, and help them feel safe to just be. And you can do that by also doing some of the things that, you know, us moms feel like we need to do. I had a large office building that I cleaned every Saturday, and it was also about, well, 30, 35 minutes away. I hated the idea of leaving my kids on my weekend as I was already working six days a week and evening. So I told them that they are hired, <laughs> now my part-time employees, who will get paid to come clean this building with me every Saturday. And the perk was that they get donuts and hot chocolate along the way. Did they love the idea? No. <laughs> Did they complain? Yes. Did they goof around and not really do a ton to help? Totally. <laughs> and we spent quality time together. We even had a really fun tradition and now a family song that will never die. That will always be the song that reminds us of working at that office building. They picked out a song when my daughter actually found it. And it is the most random song. I swear none of you have ever heard it. We headbanged to it. We blasted it. We totally rocked out on the way home after we finished that job every Saturday. Do my kids still talk about the times that we shared around that experience of working? Yes. Will they still tell you that they hated it through smiles? Yes. Yes, they will. You can absolutely find a way to make time to see them, hear them, and let them feel your presence. This is healing. Okay, last one. Safe physical space. I had a client whose teenage child was acting out physically against their siblings, hitting, punching, screaming in their faces, throwing things. The way that this child was dealing with their pain was highly reactive, highly unstable, and highly unsafe, which was hard for mom because they learned it from that. Any physical abuse whatsoever coming from whomever is not safe and not okay for anyone to endure, including from your child. And so this client was getting stuck by focusing on the why, like the why behind the behavior. And because she was afraid of maybe Losing her kids, if anyone, especially her ex, found out about this child's behavior, she was also keeping quiet. All the while, his behavior was still not giving physical safety to the other two children. So what are those other two children learning? And it was interesting because she left her marriage to save the kids from the abusive behavior of their father, but then it was still happening with the kids. These are extremely challenging situations and definitely require professional help and guidance in these situations. When it's our kids, like my client, it is way easier to justify, rationalize, minimize the behavior, even when they're hitting us. It's the idea of, well, I can take it. I just need to love him and then he will get over it someday. It doesn't work that way, right? 
And she knew that because that's what she tried to do in her marriage. Just take it and keep loving in hopes that he will change. And he didn't. And it got worse. So again, getting professional help is critical. And the boundary needs to be very clear. We are going to get help with someone who can understand your struggles and why it's leading to physical harm of others. This behavior doesn't support the healing home and the values in this home of everyone has a right to feel safe. This is a requirement of being a part of this family and in this home is that when we struggle, we get the right kind of help because in this home, we do all that it takes to help ourselves when we're not able to be healthy. In this healing home, we do all that we can to help everyone in the home feel safe. It's not okay to harm others or yourself or property. And I want to help you find healthier ways to feel all that you are feeling in that beautiful body of yours. Your emotions are important to me. And hurting yourself and others is not the way that we express those emotions in this home. The impact you have in your home when your children are there is far greater than the attempted impact you were trying to have on them in an environment that was not supporting a healing home in your marriage. As you practice, it will impact them. And the consistency is key. I told my therapist, I'm in for the long game. I don't need to see results today. I just need to believe that today matters in the future. Yes, there will be challenges. Yes, there will be days when you will lose your shit. The power of a healing home is not in the perfection of it, but the practice in it. The power of the repair. In this home, you are allowed to make a mistake and mend it. In this home, you are allowed to feel all of it and own it. In this home, you are free to just be authentically you. And you, my listeners, are the creators and you can create a healing environment that feels right for you right now that allows your children to choose into it because you can. Take care, everybody. A few of my favorite resources that have helped support me in creating a healing home is feelingswill.com. Going over to feelingswill.com and printing out that feelings will, the list of all the emotions and putting a copy of that well, as many places as you want in your home and really starting just letting the kids get used to seeing all the different types of emotions. And it doesn't matter what age they're at, emotional maturity is a practice that we all need the rest of our human experience. Another resource that I have really loved that has helped with my stepchildren is Dr. Becky. Dr. Becky Andrews wrote the book, Good Inside. I highly recommend not only the book, but she has amazing courses that can help you, especially with children who have really big emotions. You can follow her on Instagram. She does a ton of posts, just little snippets that can really help you and give you some really good ideas on how to handle children with really big emotions. Another book that has been so instrumental for me in my healing is called Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents by Lindsay Gibson. I promise this is not a book that bashes parents. This really is a book on recognizing the roles that we have learned to play, parts of us have learned to play, to hold on to some of that attachment. But let's be honest, none of us were taught emotional maturity. None of us were taught about how to have healthy emotional interactions. So we're all just doing our best. It's an absolutely fantastic book to help educate you around what emotional maturity looks like. 
You can check out the links to those resources in the show notes. Thank you all again for listening. I would love for you to leave reviews, share the podcast so that other women who are experiencing the same thing can get the support and resources that they need so that they can be the choosers today.